Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity, your host, and today, coming from Austin, Texas, we have Katie Valias. Katie Valias is a misfit entrepreneur and survivor over narcissistic abuse, which is the topic of the day. So, without further ado, Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Gemma. It is an absolute honor to be here, and thank you for creating the space where I can share my story. That is, a, that is really the point of it. You know, when we are breaking the silence around abuse, we are empowering now survivor to become victorious over abuse, and we are disempowering the abuse that has no effect on us anymore. Yes. That's the reason why we do that. So, Katie, my first question for you. What is your story? What kind of abuse? We said narcissistic abuse, but knowing it, there is more. There is always more. I didn't understand fully what I was dealing with when I was growing up because, as we all know, when we're children, we don't have a gauge for what is normal. We have a gauge for what is normal for us. But there's no real comparison between what's happening at the neighbor's house versus what's happening at yours, especially when we're dealing with abuse from a cluster B parent. And that can be encompassed in borderline personality disorder or narcissistic personality disorder. Obviously, there's more to cluster B than just those two. But those are the two that I feel like are most talked about now because they are starting to become the most understood. My upbringing actually was with a BPD or potentially NPD mother. And the reason that I jumped between the two is surely because she could have actually shown up as a compassionate manipulator, somebody who worked your emotions in ways that are a little bit more familiar with what we see in BPD. But then there would be times where it would be a ferociously vicious cycle of shame and abandonment that we really do see a bit more on the MPD cycles. Since I was her main supply and I was isolated from everyone, it created a lot of scenarios where we would end up homeless in different areas around the United States, including New Mexico, Las Vegas, California, Idaho. And occasionally she would have fits of grandeur, let's call it that, where all of a sudden she had it in her mind that she needed to become this professional businesswoman. She needed to be known for her craft. And I sometimes didn't really fit into her plans. So starting at 14 years old, I had been abandoned in California and I had also been abandoned in Idaho. And it was something that I had become so used to. It was something that my survival skills had been so fine-tuned at such a young age that I strangely felt better when she wasn't around, even at 14 years old. But I think as I tell some of my story, there's going to be certain little flares that a lot of people can relate to. I would have that mother who she would 
fly off the handle if you used her shampoo. And so I became meticulous about how much I used because there wouldn't be any for me, but there would only be the special one for her. I became meticulous about how much I used, replacing it with just enough water, repositioning the packaging to be in the exact angle that it had been set down in. I became hyper vigilant about everything from the way that the food was stacked in the pantry to the way that each bottle was set. And I had started doing that when I was about six or seven years old because I knew the cycles of volatility at that point because it is, it becomes a survival tactic for children because nobody wants to be yelled at. Nobody wants to be punished. Nobody wants to be disciplined when there is nothing to be disciplined for. And behind closed doors, it can just become a absolute nightmare for many people. Out in public, it would be fine. Out in public is where I was all of a sudden the golden child. I was the one that was creating a image for my mother of being a good mother, of being somebody that was very well put together and getting the praise for being a single mother. But behind closed doors is when everything would just collapse. And then when I was a teenager, it turned into a lot of mental abuse. There was some physical abuse. There actually had been a time where I tried to run away and she physically restrained me until the neighbors actually had called the cops. They came by, CPS became involved. And then that was one of the first times that she had officially kidnapped me. When CPS started to really put pressure on her, she packed all of my things into a car while I was sleeping and woke me up and it was still nighttime. She told me that we were going to get my glasses fixed. I fell asleep in the car and I woke up almost to the Utah border leaving Colorado. So her, it, it seemed more like her jig was almost up. Like people were starting to understand who she was and she couldn't have that because that would take away from her image. That would take away <clears throat> from her supply. And ultimately if I was taken away, what does she really have to parade in front of people to show that she's the perfect image of what she has in her mind? So that's some of my story collapsed into little bits. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, wow. Interestingly enough, it's not rare as a story. Nope. Because these cluster B indeed can generate very surprising behavior, things we do not expect. And when we grow up with that, that becomes a norm, even though it's highly uncomfortable. And then you find your comfort in the uncomfortable, not knowing any better. Right? That's exactly right. So, Katie, my second question for you. You are very well aware of what you experience now, and you know that it is not normal, but that it is indeed a mental health disorder. And you must have experienced at one moment in time 
a kind of an awakening, something that allowed you an experience that allowed you to realize, hold on a second, mom is not normal. She has some serious mental health issue, whatever it is. I, even, I don't even know the name of it. But I am safe and I will actually take care of myself. I have the power in me. There is one time in your life that that happens. Tell us your special moment, shift moment story. So I have actually two massive shift moments, one when I was still a teenager and then the other one when I was an adult. And I think that both are actually equally important because both were moments where that veil really started to become thinner and thinner and thinner and the realization started to become a lot more real. When we were in Idaho, my mom had come back. I think I had been in our apartment completely alone for almost a month. And I was 14 or no, I was 15 at that point. Um, and when she came back, the cycle of just emotional abuse started all over again to the point where I had researched prior to her coming back. What is a way that you can enter the hospital without actual self-harm? And I looked up how hysterics can be something that people can be admitted to the hospital for. So I faked going into full hysterics. I was hyperventilating. I wouldn't talk to her. I was shutting down. And eventually it started to feel like, strangely, that's what I needed. It was all of the trauma bubbling to the surface. And so what had started as a tactic for me to be able to actually get outside help and get away from her in a situation where there was professionals, turned into something that I ultimately think that I needed. I needed to actually be in touch with how I felt and how disastrous this entire experience was. When I was in the hospital, I explained once I was in a room alone with doctors, I cannot go with her. I have to go somewhere else. I'm not safe with her. Please don't, don't let me leave with her. And my only option was to actually go to a mental hospital. They said, well, you can't stay in this hospital, but you can go to a mental hospital. And I was like, take me there. I don't care. Take me there, please. And they got me a police escort. The police escort drove me, I think it was almost a two hour drive from where we were to Twin Falls, where I was admitted into a mental hospital. And that was one of the most luxurious breaks I have ever had in my life. I have never felt so validated at that point in my life or so calm, or so safe, or so secure. It was to say that being in a mental institution was like a vacation for me is, it's very real to me. It was a place where I could be around other kids, a place where I could actually sit around and play Mario Kart. But when I was released, I was put into therapy. And interviewing the therapist, he was siding with everything that my mother said. And I didn't feel safe about it, but I started to realize the manipulation that she was putting the therapist through to paint me as the image of the problem. And that was a huge awakening moment for me where I was like, 
actually, you're the one who I think needs therapy a lot more than I do. And it was shortly after that I had actually hitchhiked from Idaho to Colorado at 15 to go back to my hometown. And I got away. That was that was that I never lived with her again after that. But my second awakening actually happened when I was 22. And I was trying to save her. I was now an adult. And I think I had been parentified so much when I was younger that I felt so much pity for her because it felt like she couldn't take care of herself. So I started trying to take care of her. And it led me to this point of extreme alcohol abuse. Oh. I mean, I would sit in my backyard and try to talk her through these life moments that she was having while drinking an entire bottle of wine by myself. And it was, it was something that I'm happy that I nipped in the bud when I did, because that led me to therapy where I found a holistic therapist who right off the bat, I think it was four or five sessions in, she presented to me, she was like, this is some heavy material, but I need you to at least glance over this book so that we can have a deeper conversation about the trauma that you experienced. And the book was Understanding the Borderline Mother and the Volatile Relationship with Her Children. And that book changed my life. It changed my life in two ways. One, I started to see aspects of myself in that book that terrified me to the point where I started seeking a borderline personality disorder diagnosis. But after speaking with my therapist, she actually explained, you are not borderline personality disorder. You are not a cluster B personality. What you are is somebody who has learned behaviors and mimicry of things that you witnessed growing up but you don't have the fundamental um, placing people on pillars and then watching them fall and becoming the villain in a story. You're not, there was too many things that I wasn't and the way that I moved through the world that there's a big difference between the mimicry that you're seeing growing up and what you exhibit as survival tactics versus the understanding of the deeper root of a borderline or narcissistic personality disorder. Yes, both of those personality disorders and cluster B do come from trauma, but there can be different ways that that develops into a either diagnosis or unresolved PTSD or CPSD, CPTSD. So yeah, my two awakening moments. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, thankfully with professionals. Exactly. Yeah, that 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 was your saving grace to actually have professionals around you able to actually recognize what you talk about, understand the language, understand and recognize the behavior disorders in order to actually put name on it and then helping you continue to survive and create maybe healthier tactics rather than alcohol to deal with the, the whirlwind of emotion that you go through. It's a roller coaster. It is. It really is. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. So tell us, Katie, 
how did you go about becoming a misfit entrepreneur after that? I think recovering from my mother and having the mindset to become an entrepreneur is actually hand in hand because after I had had enough awareness of my own thoughts and my internal narratives and understanding the storylines that I was telling myself and creating the same scenarios over and over and over again in my life, when I was able to stop that, when I was able to recognize when certain hardwiring wasn't actually beneficial for me anymore and I needed to rewrite that programming, was around the same time that I finally had the strength to go no contact with my mother. And it was actually when I was pregnant with my daughter. So she, I gave her the ultimatum. I did in fact tell her, well, I need you to take accountability for your actions and I need you to seek professional help before I can have you around my children. She had abused my son when he was an infant and she only watched him one time. And that was enough for me to recognize, I don't want you anywhere near my family. You're not safe. But how that moved forward, she wasn't willing to take accountability. She wasn't willing to recognize the thoughts and the patterns and the trauma that she had experienced in life that had turned her into essentially the queen of hearts in my story. I felt like Alice a lot of my life. And I always had this raging queen who just wanted control. As I started to gain more strength, as I started to understand more about myself and my strengths and become more open about my story and being able to walk into a room knowing that I'm not broken, Knowing that when I walk into a room of strangers who are higher level entrepreneurs, they don't know anything about me. They don't know anything about my past. They don't know anything past what I present to them. And if I want to present myself as the strong and put back together person that I feel that I was or am, I can walk into that room. And I can know in my heart that if I can survive what I did growing up, I can survive a room full of people that previously I would have been intimidated by. I would have been terrified because all I would have seen was an authoritative figure that I once again had to meticulously make sure that my presence was not recognized around them. And that goes back to me putting the bottles exactly where they were, making sure that every single article that I touched looked as if I had never been there. I had to reprogram how to learn to take space, that it was okay for me to use my voice. And also when it was okay for me to recognize when even if somebody isn't a cluster B personality, but they are a toxic personality towards me, that it is okay to very gracefully step away and nobody has to get hurt. You can very gracefully just say, 
this is not the air that I necessarily want around me right now. Maybe we can form a business relationship or friendship in the future, but right now it just doesn't feel like it's healthy. So I'm going to step away, but it's nothing about, you know, the greater of the personalities. And even when I talk about myself being a misfit entrepreneur, the marketing that I do for every single one of my businesses is actually trauma informed. So I'm not utilizing neuro-linguistic programming to manip manipulate people into a scarcity mindset and then creating the offer that gives them some sort of validation or gives them a cure. I present my marketing in a trauma-informed way. And I think that actually comes from my life experience as well. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. I mean, this is so, so essential. It explains how to behave, how to reclaim your space, reclaim your power, reclaim your identity, the one you choose, not the one you have been given or yep. dealt with. And to really discover who Katie Valias is and not who Queen of heart mother <laughs> is actually a want you to be because she doesn't really want your best what she really wants is her best and yes. that is a big difference right yes okay um yeah definitely so katie on real talk real women breaking the silence around abuse we are inspiring victims hiding in plain sight to recognize the abuse they are going through, put words on it, to actually do something about it. You told us that at 15 years old, when you left, you did not return live with your mother anymore. At 15 years old, you are still in minor. You still are under the responsibility of a guardian, an adult, someone. How did you go about that? <laughs> uh, so I didn't have a social security card and I didn't have a birth certificate. So, well, at least not one that I had access to. So I found jobs where I could work under the table. And I actually, this is a part of the, cycle that I think a lot of other people can recognize. I did find myself in a situation with a much older man. I was 15 and we started dating right when I had turned 16. He was 22. And looking back on it now, I can recognize that I was groomed. But again, it was a matter of perseverance and survival. So I lived with him until I was 17. And then I finally recognized once again, the cycles that I was stuck in. And I just, as soon as I broke up with him, I was gone. I was staying with friends. I found an apartment underneath a frat house that I could rent where they didn't ask questions about how old I, or how old I was. Signed a lease, got the apartment, kept doing under the table jobs, and I just, I made it. 
I created an entire family out of the friends that I made. I've lost some friends along the way due to what that lifestyle presents. But if I were to go back in time to the moment that I decided to hitchhike from Idaho to Colorado, I wouldn't change a single thing because even with the older boyfriend, even with having to just scrounge for anything, the memories that I made and the people that showed up that are still in my life now at 34 years old blow my mind. They truly are my family and they truly have shown me that no matter what side of somebody you see, whether this, whether the sun is shining directly on them and all you see are their sparkles, they still have that shadow side. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a reason that somebody can yell at you and hate you for it. It's okay to be a dynamic human being and to be loved for the whole of who you are. And I think exactly. that's one of my, yeah. <laughs> exactly, the whole of who you are, the entirety of your beingness. Exactly. Everything is actually presents who you are, your identity, your, your qualities, your features, your flaws, because we love to recognize our flaws more than our qualities. <laughs> so <laughs> everything that make us who we truly are. And the truth is that we are wonderful the way we are. And when we come from that place, we are able to see the goodness and the beauty in others. When we come from brokenness, as with all the cluster B, we can only recognize the awful and flaws and, and, and misfits in other people. Yep. This is just the simple explanation to put words on what abuse actually is. Narcissistic abuse, what is that? Right? Yep. And interestingly enough, you come with a narcissistic mother, meaning that you grew up with that. Groomed to know only that until you say, yo, hey, 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 enough is enough. Let me out. <laughs> but you thought let me out in a healthy way. You thought help me out, get me out of that life. That is not life. I, I, signed, up, I signed up for a good life. Give me a good life. And that was your thought. So you are very healthy-minded as a, as a fundamental of your personality. Because first of all, you seek greatness. You seek, you seek a good life. You seek something healthy. You seek something balanced. So this is why the doctors were able to tell you, yeah, you're not all of that cluster B thing. You have learned some of it. You mimic some of it. But you are not that. Look at your life. You know, look at how you... You, you manage your the, the flow of events in your life. Yep. Amazing. Katie, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Gemma. How can people reach out to you? Prefer Facebook, you have a website, you have a link tree, Instagram, I don't know. What is so, it? So I am on Instagram. I recently had, well, I'm going through a rebranding on my Instagram. 
So if you find me on, on Instagram, it's going to be K-A-T-Y underscore V-A-E. And you can also find me on Facebook, Katie Valias. Those are the two best places to find me right now. The direction that I'm going and rebranding is actually talking a lot about a a fusion between spirituality and self-psychological help and personal development. So creating cycles around the phases of the moon for new moon and full moon so that you can start to really work on your own healing in smaller chunks or understanding what it really does mean to do inner child work and what to be aware of with inner child work about when you actually do need a professional to help you, how to reach back, how to understand what it is to nurture and love yourself when you were a child <laughs> and reparent yourself as an adult. So. That explains all, Katie. It was an honor to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Notice, very happy about that. And uh, and thank you for putting the words on this experience. That helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for creating this space. I'm so grateful. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.